it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I'm not going to do the uh, Europa League theme. Though. You are though. You are going to. I'm not. I'm not UEFA's marketing puppet. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ring RC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am quite slow today. <laughs> how are you? I'm actually post-vaccine sluggish. Um, yeah. Got the first shot. Yeah. The AstraZeneca flows through my veins. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> Side effects. Exactly. Even hotter takes. Yeah, yeah this is terrifying. <laughs> Actually, do you want to tell them the story about the guy when he, when he was just about to put the needle in your arm and he said, hang on a minute, do you do a podcast? <laughs> and you were like, yeah. And he was just like, okay, don't tell anyone that I've given you this. I don't have to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, you do stadia. He said, don't worry about some of the vaccines. <laughs> can you imagine if you had someone who was giving you the vaccine who was actually a stadio listener and they were just like don't worry the vaccine's not a catfish it's, not catfish. <laughs> it's like dude that is not the thing I want to hear right now <laughs> Throwing oh freeze. existential vaccine Mr. Okwanga yes oh, actually it, fucking yes because I want to feel survive, something yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to feel something again and survive this stuff I want to actually leave my city vaccinate me you know that's going to happen one day one day when you're going in to like open a bank account or something, someone's going to basically come out with a bunch of those things. <laughs> I can't wait. Going to be funny. I can't wait for someone to drop a load of stadioisms at me somewhere. I mean, I, we're, not, we're not popular enough for that to happen, but it would be great. It could happen in Berlin though. It could happen in Berlin. Yeah, but we need to talk about that time when we were outside the cafe and someone heard us talking and came over and just spoke to you and said, oh, Musa. You're Musa, right? And you were like, yeah. And you were like, oh, I love Stadio. And I was sat right there. I was like, dude, I'm right here. <laughs> what about me? Yeah. I died. I'm very creaky today. You are a creaky chair. Yeah. Is it the side effects of the vaccine? It's actually, yeah, your, I think right? so. it's actually your bones. I think so. <laughs> the day I got it, it was fine until that evening. I started feeling very tired. Woke up the next morning and like everything was crackling. It was a bit like a sort of a workout when you push yourself a bit far. Been a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay wow the shots are fired so um, hey, yeah listen it is what if, it I, is. if i can't get a shot i'm gonna fire them no exactly it's true <laughs> wow wow we see you did that um see i got the astrazeneca and i think i think what's happening now i think that basically i think the, the covid is angry it's a bit like a burglar being in your house but not allowed to touch anything so the vaccine is like damn i'm gonna try and do some damage in here the COVID is just inside me going, I'm angry that I can't actually do any damage. So I'll just like, I'll knock over a few plants. So right now it's knocking over a few plants. It's, it's, it's I, I imagine it's swimming around inside your body being like, 
Wow, this dude loves cupcakes. Yeah, he's found a lot of <laughs> cupcakes in there. My one fear is that it's actually a truth serum and it will actually get me to sort of release the Zlatan hot take. Because it's, it's found the hot take. I know it's found it. There's a I've, lot of things. I've, I've literally destroyed every record of that. Really? See, yeah. I'm, I'm terrified that this vax is going to make me release all my drafts. I've actually got um, like a shipping container out by, the, <laughs> out, by the, out by the river that I go with. I turn up with just a load of a load of loser's takes. I have to go there like once a month. I go there in the middle of the night and I go there and I open up the door and it's actually got a code that takes me to this underground bunker underneath the, uh, <laughs> underneath the Kleiner Mugglesy <laughs> in uh, out by Kupernick. And um, yeah, I have this like special, special kind of... A lead-lined thing. container. Yeah, that I basically then um, have to type in a combination and, it, and then it blows up. <laughs> These, the funny thing is they think we're joking they think we're joking because on, on Wrighty's house the amount of times on Wrighty's house and Stadia where they're like oh now he said it now we stop recording that's a thing that I do frequently yeah, yeah. can I sell I mean, one of my takes as an NFT can I sell a hot take as an NFT oh my god sell the Zlatan oh take as an NFT yeah. and we can retire we'll we be able to retire we'll be millionaires Musa. yeah but they'll find us they'll find us well, they won't find me. It's not my take. <laughs> I don't care. Do it. Do it. Just make sure I'm vaccinated by the time when you do do it so I can get out of here. Do you know what? With friends like that, let's talk about football. Let's do some mapping first, though. Of course. Listen, you better keep me sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is at some level, that's actually true. That's a scary power, thing. The power. The power. I haven't had oh. the vaccine. Oh, my God. I'm going to be unbearable. You're going to be a, night, gonna be a nightmare. You're going to be a nightmare. I'm bad enough as it is. I've been terrible, actually. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be like, uh, be like feeding a gremlin after midnight. When yes, I get exactly. <laughs> 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 3M text messages. Are uh, you awake? I just had this thing about final third progressions. Listen, <laughs> you start great. <laughs> God. Uh, so you, you mentioned right house there. Yeah, yeah. So let's do some admin. Right house went up on Wednesday. Uh, I joined Jeanette and Righty. Talked about shit hours, it was very fun. Yeah, yeah. And Sergio Aguero, right, he managed to convince himself within a space of about 30 seconds that actually <laughs> he wanted him at Arsenal, uh, which was fun. Um, what else did we talk about? Some flowers for Conte. A little bit about the Man United stuff at the end. But yeah, it was good fun. So that's on the Ringer FC feed. Um, obviously, if you do listen to us on a podcast out that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. Stadio Outro's playlist on Spotify. If you want to listen to the music we play out with each episode on, it's all in one handy playlist. Search for Stadio Outro's, the newest ones at the top. Finally, if you want to buy our theme music, stadio.bandcamp.com, we donate all the money. We're going to try and do another round of donations soon. So if you want to purchase that, all the money or all our share goes to the donation pot. It's three euros minimum, but you can pay what you want. Uh, ringer.com forward slash soccer you've got some stuff going up this week or next week um, I think it'll be early next week on the Champions League final just doing a kind of what this means where we are who the teams are where they are their, oh. when their progression all the rest of it yeah, existential yeah. essay indeed well aren't they all <laughs> and some really good stuff went up in the ringer this week so go and have a little fish around the ringer website yeah everyone keeps mentioning that Velikuti essay to me yeah, it was a thing I've reposted by Lex Pryor, an amazing essay about Fela Kuti. Really, really good. Go check that out. It's a great read. Um, I think that's all the admin. Is that all the admin? It would appear so. Can't think of anything else. All right, then. We should probably talk about the Champions League, which we would do so after this. We're going to talk, we might talk a little bit about some other stuff, but we'll see. Yep, yep. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, I would like to begin with a question. Yep, yep. And it comes from Mr. James Horncastle. Oh, wow. 
James says, In light of the hail and snow in the quarter and semi-finals of the Champions League, does Busa now feel entirely vindicated that a turtleneck is for wearing even in the latter stages of the competition in April and May? <laughs> James, listen, I'm a man for all seasons and a turtleneck pretty much is too. I remember wearing a Ronek in, when was I wearing a Ronek in, a, in early autumn and Ian got really, he said, no, don't do it. It's too soon. I was like, wow, like, can't dictate terms. A Ronek will find its way. And what we've seen from the weather is that Ronek is finding its way again. You it's and Ronek is like, it's like people at German traffic lights. So basically, Germans, there's a very kind of cultural thing where <laughs> if, in, in the UK, for example, we will weave through traffic as pedestrians, yes, yes. right? Which I'm not saying is the correct thing to do in Germany. Uh, even if there are no cars coming and yes. there's a red signal, people will wait. Yeah. And it usually takes one person to, to break lines and then people are freed from the guilt of being the first person to cross on the red. And yes. then you will see a few people do it. That's what you're like wearing roll necks. If you, if you drop the roll neck, everyone's just like, it's time. It liberates others, exactly. Exactly. Well, well Moose is doing it. Look at Moose. Moose did it first. <laughs> As if that was a good recommendation for anything. Yeah, I mean, kids at school, oh, but Moose did it. If Moose told you to jump off a cliff, maybe. Yeah, well, to, to give you an example of how bad Moose's ideas are, the only reason I am doing football stuff is because he suggested once that I write a piece about this idea that I spoke to Mo Coffee for. So all of this is his fault. Yeah, Every little bit of it. <laughs> you know what you've done? The, art, the content that nobody asked for, they're going to get it anyway. You are single-handedly responsible for chucking another straight white dude into the world of football. Yeah, I just, I, Ryan, I saw you as a sort of diversity and inclusion hire. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I felt like we needed a quota of white, uh, white men in football. So I, you know, had to up it. Well, I mean, you just can't say anything anymore. <laughs> Let's have a serious question. I mean, which games do you want to talk about? Should we talk about Chelsea Real Madrid first? Consider it was the most Let's recent. Let's go Chelsea Real. Yeah. I'm going to read this quote from Kieran Doyle. Uh, this stat from Kieran Doyle, sorry. Madrid were 2-1 down on aggregate with 45 minutes left and got outshot 12-2 and 2.79 to 0.11 on XG in the yeah. final half of the tie. Yikes. And that, I think, summarises this second leg quite nicely. Because, I mean, if you want to start, we can start at the top with the, with the, the lineups, for example. Because I saw a lot, mm. of, a lot of people seemed a bit miffed at the... The exclusion of Pulisic. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at the lineup and I thought, actually, I think this is quite a smart lineup from Thomas Tuchel. I loved it. I loved it. Because remember, Chelsea didn't need to score. and right. could have progressed. And I thought that was quite smart game management from Thomas Tuchel, looking at the 90 minutes as a whole. And mm. I think I, I wrote uh, when I posted on Twitter about, you know, saving Pulisic for the second half. If they keep Real Madrid out for the first half, for example, Mm. remember Real Madrid are going to have to try and be a little bit more adventurous well you would have assumed that they would have been that'll leave some more space for Pulisic to come and kind of work his magic and it ended up being pretty much that because he got the assist for, for Mount. exactly what happened yeah 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 this is the thing that we spoke about a couple of times in football I think how if people don't start they're deemed as being out of favour and I think that there are a lot of modern managers who see the game for the whole thing. It's not one in the first 20 well, minutes. Well, look, it's like basketball. Look at, look at Manager Ginobili for the San Antonio Spurs, where he was one of the most effective closers on the San Antonio Spurs, for those who aren't basketball fans. And he attacked tiring defences. And that's exactly what Pulisic did. And I think, to be honest, I think what is going on with Pulisic is, I think people are just excited because he's a big American superstar. And I get it. Like, if he's like a kind of American Eden Hazard, and who wouldn't want a player like that to play for 90 minutes? But in terms of what the game needed, you look at that bench, quite frankly, as a Real Madrid player, and you know that Ziyech, Pulisic, and Hudson Odoi are all waiting in the wings. And Olivier Giroud. That puts a pressure. It puts a pressure on you to like get yourself. Yeah, sure as well to hold the lineup. Just to kill him. May with we some devilish handsomeness? Did you see him on the halfway? Did you see him like about to come on, like sort of sexy sailor with his like sailor's tattoo? <laughs> Bonjour, gents. <laughs> <laughs> I was like watching when I saw him, Jean Paul Gaultier advert. I saw him standing there. I was like, "Are you actually just going to come on? Is this marketing? This looks like strategic marketing." Why is Olivier Giroud wearing a stripy t-shirt and just yeah. underpants? 
<laughs> Sally, the sailor's hat. Where's his kit? His dad here looks sexy. Why's he in a boat? <laughs> so yeah, Chelsea, the, the, I love that front three. Werner, Mount and Havertz. They did well, I thought, actually. Very well. They really, but everyone gives you a different, everyone gives you that front three. I love it because everyone brings you something different. Mm. Um, and there's a blend to it. And we said this before, I think, on the podcast that Tuchel may not actually have a regular front, a front three that is his main go-to. He might just constantly be like changing. It's like a drill, like a drill head. Like you keep changing the drill head depending on the surface you're trying to, trying to attack. And um, I think that the beauty of this was, you know, Mount is just supreme at pressing. Werner is really good at running into those spaces. And Harvard's is being much more aggressive, actually, in a really good way. There's a moment, actually, sounds like a strange thing to mention, but it was actually a foul that Harvard's makes early on in the six-yard box. And I was like, mm-hmm. ah, see, that space he didn't attack before. Does that make sense? He was quite tentative earlier when he arrived. And now I'm like, now you're moving like a nine. Yeah, he's, um, I think yeah. Tuchel is, has given him a little bit of spikiness, which I think, it, there, it was always kind of there with Kai. Yeah, he started to flex a little bit more. I think he could be a supreme nine, to be honest. I still, uh, yeah, I still don't think he's a nine. He's better when he can kind of ghost around. Mm. I think that's why it works quite well with with Werner, because even if Werner doesn't score, which he did on Wednesday, Mm. that move for the first for their first for Chelsea's first goal, I thought was brilliant. Yes, yes, completely pulled Real Madrid all over the place. You mentioned it in the right house group that the Werner's movement for the disallowed goal was a yeah. little bit kind of like, ah, if you just held the run a bit. Because everything else is there. Yeah, the yeah. craft, the movement, everyone knows where they're meant to be. Timo Werner's movement and his work rate and the way that he attacks certain spaces yes. in the final third has been, maybe not by all, but I think it's been genuinely overlooked this season because of the lack of regular goals. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I've always said he'll be fine in the goal scoring sense. It will come. But even if it doesn't, he offers so much else. You saw on display on Wednesday, his link-up play and his movement for the goal before he ended up kind of just nodding it into an empty net yeah. was absolutely brilliant. And that whole Chelsea move with Kante a little bit further up as well. But the thing about Kante is interesting. I know I'm kind of moving from one player to another. Yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. But I think there's been... There's been interesting talk about Kante because um, I, thought, I saw a tweet from Dan Zakiri about it. And how you know he's never been an out and out number like an out and out six or a dm Kante. but mm. i think the problem that people had under sari and lampard was was seeing him kind of isolated in a position that doesn't play to his skill sets he was playing quite advanced i think under sari and at points under lampard but in places that he wasn't allowed to really roam Mm. That makes sense. Like, do you yeah. remember that game against West Ham when he was essentially the furthest man forward for Chelsea on the right flank? Awful. Away at West yeah. Ham. And you're kind of like, why is he there? Like, yeah, maybe to nip possession higher up, but it just, it was too isolated. He was too isolated from anything else that could build. Too much space in behind you. Know yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that what, what the system at Chelsea is done, has done, I think, with Tuchel when he plays three at the back, is that it removes the pressure off Kante to be the guy who he's compressed the space yeah yeah he can he can roam a little bit more because he knows that for example like like Aspilicueta can cut in and play play centre back he's a very smart player Aspilicueta you know yeah. yeah he's not the youngest and he's not the quickest but having um, if you look at the kind of the formation of the Chelsea defensive unit yeah you have the pace of Chilwell on Wednesday, for example, you have the pace of Chilwell on one side, you have the experience and now of Aspilicueta on the other, but then that's balanced with Christensen inside Aspilicueta as the right centre-back, yeah. who's no slouch. Rudiger on the opposite side. Rudiger's enterprise, yeah. Yep. And then Thiago Silva kind of anchoring and marshalling. It's slightly lopsided, isn't it? The, yeah. In a good way, like the, the right-back, the right Chelsea's right flank is just brutal. I was actually, we were talking um, in the chat actually about like Hazard and I was like, well, actually the Chelsea right flank ever since Tuchel arrived has just been locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just a shout to Ben Chilwell. He was superb. He was superb. Like the way he constructs moves and the economy of it, the speed with which he releases the ball into space, his combination with wide players is just, is outstanding. Chilwell just shuts down the entire left flank mm-hmm. in like it's so unfussy. Like he came in there. I know they had Marco Alonso in there for a bit and they tried out different things, but now he's just come in and just like, he owns it. 
Yeah. Very, very impressive. But I think that's it. They've, they, they have the players to suit different opposition, which gives Chelsea a really big advantage for, for the final. I mean, maybe that's getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'll hold that for a little bit. But looking even further ahead, I think this is what makes Chelsea a real threat next season. Yeah, yeah. We, we always said it with the squad. We always said that they had unbelievable pieces. I, I saw some comments about Chelsea and like Tuchel taking over and what he's turned around so quick. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. At the same time, he's an elite coach who has elite pieces. Mm-hmm. This is how it looks. Overall, the squad is more balanced in terms of skill set and level than the PSG squad ever was that he had. Oh my God, without question. Well, actually on that note, let's take this one from Ollie Glanville. Oh, all right, Ollie. It's the official Stadio ambassador to Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I always like, yeah, if I, if I tweet about Chelsea and I get a like off Ollie, I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I think I'm good. Uh, Ollie says, one, football, uh, one player that Chelsea signed this summer, if you are directors of football. I think they need uh, a midfielder, an on-running midfielder, a deputy. I think they need, like, because they've got Kovacic and they've got, they don't really have a, mid, a certain midfielder and they need another one who can play on the front foot, I think. That's what I would say. Um, because I think Billy Gilmore is going to come through as a DM. Um, and I think that Zuma as a centre-back will step up. You could argue, so either, I would say either at centre-back or midfield, but I think midfield is the one actually. I think another eight. Sorry. <laughs> I would say that, but you know. Hmm. I would say, I think they need another centre-back. Actually, if I'm being brutally honest, I think this was this was a signing that I think they needed pre-Tuckle. I think mm. Tuckle has got them working so well as a system that their need for a centre back, I think, is actually not as high as it was. Right, that's what I was before. thinking. That's what I felt. I felt like it's midfield now. They need to push on. Yeah, you know, I say that because see the way that Chelsea play. They're so compact defensively. They get a lot of possession. People sit deep, deep against them. The only way you can get change out of them is really have a really deep line. And then hope they pass it around and not let them get in behind. And so what that leaves is a lot of responsibility on the on-running midfield. And I've seen a couple of games of Kovacic and Jorginho are there and like they can't really penetrate. In the absence of Kante, because, you know, people get injured, it's natural. Kovacic and Jorginho doesn't break your lines. So mm. you need someone like that to do that. Does that make sense? Mm. Hmm. You know what? Be cheeky and just get Alenia from Getafe. <laughs> Good God. Alenia, I think, is a really good shout. And if he is available for a fairly cut price amount of money, I think that he would be... Revelation. Just, that is what Zinedine yeah. Zidane... These calls Zinedine Zidane a, four, a four-wheel drive as a midfielder. Alenia's a four-wheel drive. Yeah, I, don't th- I think the amount of money that Chelsea would need to drop on a significantly high centre-back, I don't think is kind of worth it at the moment. And like I say, Tuchel's got them defending amazingly well. So. That's the thing, yeah. Why change it? Yeah, Christensen and, and Rudiger yeah. are brilliant in particular. In particular. With Thiago Silva, and you yeah, obviously yeah. then have Zuma in in backup, and Aspilicueta can play one of the three. And whoever it would be as a centre back, yeah. James on the right hand side for, for for more kind of heft, yeah, more attacking heft, yeah. Like it's a good system to be. It's a good place to be, Chelsea at the moment, I think. And um, Tuchel has has got them. I mean, there's just no doubt. I mean, when when Tuchel turned took over. We, we said it. Yeah, we knew. We knew. We knew. He's just... He's amazing. He's, he's amazing. Let's have this one from Adrian Chung. Is it too early to give Tuckle his flowers? As vaunted as he was taking the Chelsea job, is he, was he still somehow underrated back-to-back finals with different sides for the first time, actually? He's the first manager to do that in the Champions League. Wow. What, with different clubs? Mm-hmm. Amazing. An added pressure cooker of big club ownership all thrown into the mix. I think the thing about Tuckle and, Chel- and Thomas Tuckle is a very, I don't think he was overrated. Uh, sorry, I don't think he was underrated outside of the UK. I think it was a very specific like British thing going on here, which happens a lot. And I think we talked about it before when we, um, it was Ewoking, wasn't it? Yes. You know, that, you know, you have the, you have the perfect ingredients for the kind of, the big, the great, bri- the great big English injustice where you have, yes, yeah, you know, a quote unquote national footballing treasure in Frank Lampard. Yeah, exactly. Who's got his dream job at Chelsea, and he's been fired, and you've got this. What people sometimes term hipster manager coming in. Yeah, exactly. He's just been exactly. fired from PSG. But why has he been fired from PSG? Is he that good if he's been fired from PSG and he's coming to Chelsea? What can he do that Frank can't do? 
And you're already getting Frank, you know, Frank's getting the assist for the Champions League final. With Tuchel, I don't think he was underrated by people who had seen a lot of him and have seen a lot of what his sides have done. Like his Dortmund side, for example, was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, um, you know, the only trophy they've won since Klopp left, which was the Pokal, won under Tuchel. Um, genuinely amazing. A friend of mine who's a big Dortmund fan was like, that's the best Dortmund he's ever seen. They were so good, he, man. They he said so was, good. Yeah. Really responsible for unlocking Aubameyang. Yeah. And Mkhitaryan. And Mkhitaryan. Like, those two that season were just... Astonishing. Yeah, yeah. Like, truly terrifying to watch as an opposition player. He's a um, supercomputer. That's what he is. Like, he's unbelievable. Yeah. PSG is such an anomaly of a job, though. In its current format, I don't think that you can really judge people off their performance at PSG as a football club. And I think, I mean, he took them to their first Champions League final and yeah, things didn't work out afterwards because they really didn't recruit well in the summer. I think the thing about Tuchel is that he, you know, he needs resources um, and he won't, he won't stand for being in a club where... See, I actually disagree there. I actually disagree. I don't think he's, I don't think for, I don't think he's someone who, I mean, obviously every manager needs resources, right. but I don't yeah. think he's someone who... You know, like I think you saw it in Mainz, for example. Like he, he's got a track record of improving. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What, I, I mean, I mean, like mean. he's someone like he could go manage someone like Benfica, <clears> and he'd be like, he just wants, he just he wants make them better. Yeah, yeah, right. He doesn't, he doesn't want. I suppose what I mean is he doesn't want to go to a club where he's having to manage so far within his means. Mm. People are blaming him for mediocrity on the pitch. He's like, I just don't have the pieces. You've got to give me the pieces, and I will deliver. I think that's more like that. So that's why he wouldn't go somewhere. I think like an Arsenal or or United because you're going to be constantly fighting a board and who wants that? Look, a career in football is too short to be fighting the board. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, you know? I, think he, I think he could go anywhere though and really, I think you've seen it with Chelsea. I think that the improvement of this Chelsea side under him incredible. has been incredible. Absolutely incredible. And he's, he's turned what looked at the beginning of the season like a very ill-fitting squad into one that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And in whatever configuration against whatever opposition, they play City twice in the next, what, couple of weeks, few weeks now because of the final and the yeah. league game. And they've already beaten them once. They put them out of the cup. That's the worst possible matchup for Guardiola and he knows it. Everyone yeah. knows it. Yeah. We actually had a few questions. Buzz Lightyear. Is there going to be a Stadio episode in 10 years documenting the three Chelsea City games in six weeks? I mean, it's not... I get it. Um, we had a couple of questions about this on the same lines, but you know. Three games in six weeks, four classicos in eighteen days. It's got a, it's a little bit. Of, yeah, it's not as intense. It's not as intense. I like. I appreciate I mean, the question. If you want, though, Buzz, we could do in ten years' time. We'll do the two Atleti Levante games in. in oh five days. yeah, that was that was the day that the gravity shifted in La Liga. That was awful. That's the yeah. that's the real quiz. Or the two, or to be honest, the two cup finals. Yeah, for, yeah. Um, for the Copa. Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of little nice anomalies like that. Anything else? All right, hang on. Let's have, let's have a positive one. Well, I mean, we had one from Matthew Herity saying, wonder how much different this season squad slash squad would be for Chelsea if Tucker was there from the start. Would they be contending with City for the Premier League title? I think they would have, yeah. I think we've yes, seen, so, yeah, yeah, and I definitely. think they will be next season. We've kind of explained the reasons. Why. I think what's going to happen is I think that Chelsea will be volume goal scorers next year. I think they'll start scoring in volume and that'll take the pressure off. Werner and I think Werner will start scoring more freely. Yeah. I think Werner basically in a well-functioning attack, they're going to have a they're going to they're going to have a game Chelsea where they're going to be like four 0 up after like fifty minutes against quite a good team, mm. and that will be it. They'll just have a, a floodgates moment and they'll be fine after that. I think. Um, this one from Clive M O'Connor. I love N'Golo Kante so much, and it's too much for my heart. What should I do, <laughs> Clive? Just keep loving him. Just, just give into it. It's be ne- amazed. It's never the too capacity much love. for loving. Exactly. Be never amazed. Too much the capacity love for, for loving. Yeah, yeah. As Barry White said, can't get enough of your love, baby. Wow. There we go. So nice I'm going to go to a break. <laughs> so emotional. <laughs> Barry White laugh. And there's no place in this world that I'd rather be than right here with midnight and you. Right on, baby. Right on.
All right, let's start this part with a question from Emily Oram. Hi, Emily. All right, Emily. Emily says, should we just have the Champions League final at Wembley and get the crowd in? And put it at Villa Park, bang in the middle. Yeah. Oh my God. I would, do you know what? I, I know it would never happen, but I would absolutely love a Champions League final at Villa Park. Oh my God. That would be so good. That feels right. That would be I so good, man. I really miss the um, FA Cup semifinals at Villa Park. Yeah. Um, Tradition. Villa Park and Hillsborough, right? Such great grounds as well. So Such good. good grounds. The atmosphere is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, them were the days. They were indeed. Okay. Let's talk about Manchester City. Let's do it. Didn't get a lot of questions about Manchester City. Let's have this one from Mark, Mark Wallace. Shouts to Mark. In light of Ander Herrera's comments post-match, what's the most egregious lie you've been told? What did Herrera say? He was like, we were the, we were the best. <laughs> oh no. Oh, Ander. Oh, please. <laughs> but City were more clinical. I mean, no, that's just not an accurate representation of events. Do you know what I love about Ander Herrera is that he is all in. The most needlessly partisan of modern footballers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously Manchester City progressing to their first ever Champions League final. Pep's first final since he won it last mm. decade ago. It's wild to think it's been that long with Pep. But there was a weird thing that we were talking about this, um, considering what, that Manchester City and PSG were taken over at similar times. Mm. I've probably invested about the same roughly about the same amount I think there was a thing last week in the first leg the actual starting 11s PSG's was slightly more expensive than Manchester City's if you take all that into consideration you look at the PSG squad and you look at the PSG lineup against Manchester City and you see how how many holes there are in it yeah horribly imbalanced and I think actually personally I think for us yeah we can talk about the ownership and we can talk about things like that we assume that ev- because of everything that we've done on this podcast before people know our thoughts about stuff like that and we don't want to have to caveat every single game with a reminder yeah. of that much in the same way when we talk about RB Leipzig or anything I-, I wonder whether there's actually some questions to be pointed at PSG about the level of investment or not the level of investment but maybe the the quality of investment. Yeah. I mean, because it's terrible. Obviously, it's, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. obviously yeah. it's very lopsided in the, yeah. with the Mbappe-Neymar transfers, but it looks very much like a side who's earlier on in the, in, in the stages of the, of the investment from, from something like that. Do you know what I mean? You remember when like Man City went and bought Rubinho? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that era. It's a tough one, actually, for PSG. I think Pochettino got almost as much out of that current squad in the circumstances that he could, almost as much. I think the one thing I would say is maybe a little more discipline would not have gone amiss. There's been a trait all season of PSG. Yeah, yeah. Started back in the Marseille game really early on in the season. Mm. It's becoming a bit of a theme. Yeah, it's a problem for them. It's a problem. It is a problem. And I think you saw the difference in, they actually said it on the German commentary, like, the difference in mentality between Manchester City and PSG was huge. Um, I think City was almost like, Pep would look at that lineup for PSG and be like, we play our football with winning this. Like you look at that PSG team and you can see the gaps, they're apparent. And so Pep is just like, okay, ball circulation, movement into space. Yeah. And we've got this. There's it's no like problem. we said last week, the whole like um, crocodile python thing. Because exactly. PSG took the, took the lead in the tie in the first leg. Everyone was just like, Ooh. but City just didn't panic because they knew they know what they can do. Yeah, slight twi- slight change in the at halftime in the first leg, completely dominate the second half, changes the tie, and this this time round they were just it was just more of the same really. When I was watching it, it just kind of felt like they kind of knew. Is that a weird thing to say? It just all seemed to be like, well, we're probably not going through here. And that's when it started to unravel because the Di Maria thing. I mean. Fernandinho did an absolute was job on him. It was amplified, wasn't it? It was certainly amplified. He did an absolute job. Fernandinho was, we did, you know, we talked about shithousery on Wright's house. This was a shithousery masterclass from Fernandinho. Masterful. Absolutely masterful. You could tell he was the oldest guy on the pitch. Yeah, Because sure. he was just like, may not have the legs, lads, but the first yard's up here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Yes. I don't know why Fernandinho is all of a sudden from North Manchester. Rock it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Di Maria should know better. Di Maria yeah. is a very, very experienced player. And whilst I don't, I actually don't think it was a red card, to be honest. I think he was trying to get the ball back. I don't think he was going for Fernandinho. But he had to give, he had to give the red with that. Yeah, yeah he had to. Very like Beckham, Simeone type dynamic. But in that situation, you know, Angel Di Maria is a hugely experienced football player, has been, you know, has won Champions Leagues, has been the key player in winning Champions Leagues. You know, has been to a World Cup final. And has heard it all. He's heard it all and he's experienced it all. Whenever anyone gets sent off, I get tagged in things saying, was this an existential red? All thanks to you. Whereas I love it. I love it though. Can you just tag Moose for it? Not every red is existential. (laughs) Although that one was, that was I don't think it was. Really? No, because there was too much at stake and he was too involved. It wasn't like- You don't think he was seeking something? No. Nacho had one. Nacho had an existential yellow. That's what we call an orange card. That was an orange card. That was a card. That was a yellow and a half. You know, it's wild before I forget. We've already discussed um, Chelsea, Real Madrid. We did not mention by name Ramos. Nope. Kroos or Modric you know what's so wild about that talk about like feeling like the end of an era well, not, I, it's not because they'll be back Real they'll be back but isn't it funny that like in our analysis of the game it didn't even occur to us to mention any of those three players well I just don't think they were that great no and it's no one thing I will say like, one thing no, I will say not, about Madrid before shade. we get back to this game before we get back to this game it was funny because um, Jacob Steinberg did the ratings of Madrid and he referred to Modric as ponderous in possession and Tony Cruz as, ne- as neat and tidy, but not penetrating. And it's funny because the second those players are a half step below their best, they look incredibly ordinary. So I mean, when they lose their tempo, and I think that's the thing for like um, PSG as well, bring back to PSG, they could never find their tempo. And that's why Di Maria was mm-hmm. frustrated because his whole thing is basically getting the spaces, being dynamic and linking up. And there was just no speed in it. It was like, it was like someone that like, um, trying to get their motorbike on the bike stand it ends up just kicking it over in frustration because they can't get it to start and he was looking around that attack and was like it's so static there was nothing there was everyone was like um being outpassed outrun Neymar was difficult to find was peripheral it, it was you could see that frustration in that reaction of I can't get anything going yeah and I think this is the thing where you, te- you tend to sense. see it with PSG when things don't go great and I think Neymar has been really great in the Champions League this season. Mm. He was brilliant against Bayern. Yeah. Um, he's been brilliant for a long time at yeah. PSG and probably doesn't get the credit. Well, yeah, this isn't, he's, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, I think, actually Neymar in a footballing sense. Yeah, because so many other things are going on with him. Yeah, yeah. But I think in this game, when you saw him, he, he went hero ball. Yeah. Went full, full hero ball. And that is usually a sign of when PSG aren't really at it, at it because there was a time in the second half I think where he was running down the right hand side he had Florenzi overlapping in acres of space who would have been able to make a run direct yes, and I think by yes. this time Moise Kane was on so they yeah. had an they, you know, they had an active number nine and he just ignored him yeah completely Awful. ignored him and Awful. tried to Awful. do a trick against two City players turned the ball over and that was it and I was like that's it. That's that's the difference, actually, because you would just never get that from a Man City player at the moment because they're just too well drilled. This is where I think Poch has a bit of a problem at PSG, and I think this is where PSG are can be for all their, you know, talent can be a tricky club to manage. Yes, very much. Because so. the, the the difference in two approaches was that when City went behind in the tie, no one panicked. And when PSG really needed not to panic, it was like the game plan went out the window and then hero ball started. And and Neymar has this in him a little bit, actually. And a few players do. I think Cristiano Ronaldo is another one who's very much like, can be, can do this kind of hero ball stuff and has tended to do it before. This ain't the NBA, you know. You can't really drag a team to a finals like LeBron did with the Cavs. Yeah, you, you can't, can't do it. You actually have to... Trust your teammates. Yeah. You can get away with it at lower levels, but at this level. Or even the group stages, but not, yeah, not on the, against a defensive system that good, defensive scheme, as they say in the NBA, defensive scheme as good as Manchester City's. Well, it's been one of the, yeah, it's been one of the city's best, most improved areas this season is, is defensively. So you can't do it. And I think that was, that was the thing. And I think this is, this is a tricky one for Potch. I mean, he came in mid-season. I don't think he deserves being fully judged yet because 
It's been a wild season in Liga. As we've said, I think a lot of the teams below PSG have improved. I don't think PSG have improved. No. Um, if anything, I think they've taken a step backwards in terms of overall squad talent. Uh, they've had some injuries. They've had COVID stuff. It's been a tricky season to manage for them. It's going to be pretty interesting in the, in the, pre- in the off-season. And yeah, I wonder who they bring in. Yeah. Someone who has done so well at improving underperform not underperforming, but improving squads probably above and beyond the sum of all of their parts. This is a very different environment to what he's been in before. And this is one of the reasons why we expressed personal preferences at him potentially not taking that job. That's right. Yeah. Um, because his stock was so high and I think that there's a lot to lose with the PSG job. What if he gets Deli Ali and turns him into a nine? I think you know what? You never and know. that would be that would be a revelation, I think. It wouldn't surprise me if they shipped if they tried to get rid of Icardi and and Moise Kane became Poch's guy. Because he's done well for him actually. Yeah. And he's someone who Poch can mould. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting for PSG. I mean, Ligo is not over, the title isn't in their hands. So this could be a very, very interesting preseason for PSG. Um, because whenever they haven't won the title in the previous what I mean, the last time they lost it was to Jardine's Monaco when, yeah. when what, Emery what, was there. What a team, what a team. It always raises questions, but let's focus on Man City. The ball movement is supreme. The give and go, Foden, De Bruyne, exquisite. And Pep in finals usually does pretty well. He's really looking forward to this game. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Mares is brilliant. I mean, this is the thing, the concern I have really, it's the same thing about Hudson-Odoi, like, English playmakers, you look at like Hudson Odoi at Chelsea and Raheem Sterling at Manchester City, and it's wild in these squads how quickly you can lose your footing, isn't it? Like, I had a slight concern for Ben Chilwell when um, Tuchel came in and was using Alonso there, obviously trying out his options. But the bigger concern I have is for Raheem Sterling because there's no obvious quick path back into it. With, with, with the Raras playing so well on one side and Foden on the flank, and I know that he sees, I know that um, Guardiola sees him Foden as a sort of centre midfielder, maybe ultimately. But for now, why would you bring him off the wing when he's doing that? And De Bruyne playing so well as the false nine. And I, like, I think, I still think Sterling should stay part of that squad because I think there are so many games in a season and there are so many different tools that Pep will use. I just thought it was quite poignant that given that the Champions League is such an important uh, trophy for Sterling, it's quite poignant they kind of reached the final without his significant contribution. I think he might go to Real Madrid, you know. Mm. He wanted to. Do you know what's funny with that Real front line as well? You look at it and there's just no chemistry there at all. When you see Vinicius, Benzema and Hazard, they're just three players, they're three forwards. There's no actual sort of link up. And the thing that Sterling does so well is actually what Sancho does. Sterling knits together a forward line really, really well. You get him and you basically have someone who kind of like as I say in basketball, he makes his own shots, but he also improves everyone else. That's why they want Mbappe, isn't it? You know, Mbappe, Benzema, and one more. Yeah. It's quite that a, sorts out a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just Mbappe alone, I think, in that Real Madrid front line. Yeah. Changes everything. I mean, if they got if they went for Sterling as well, I mean, I'm not that obviously they've got no money, so I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen. But you can imagine if there's any Real Madrid interest for Sterling, you can imagine Pep coming out making some public impassioned speech yeah. about how much he loves Raz. Yeah can imagine it yeah I think he loves the pieces that he has and you know that, that's how you know Pep is he's like Tuchel it's not about this is my starting 11 it's about moving people in and out look at Bernardo Silva as a good example of that or like Rodri Rodri's on the bench mm-hmm. Rodri's been brilliant for City mm-hmm. and was benched because Fernandinho was there and, and gives you something different in those particular games so I think the way to look at City now is like and, and Chelsea these these it's not so much teams as squads yeah if that makes yeah. sense yeah you know yeah in a season like this one, you're seeing that squads who have been managed the best because of all the, the circumstances are probably the two that have been going to the, to the yeah. final. I think Tuchel has managed Chelsea's squad exceptionally well since he's been there. Yeah, and we know they've got more resources. We know that. But at the same time, there are clubs with big resources that don't manage well, that don't rotate well. Look Absolutely. at Atleti, for example. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have done a great job. We had this question from Roll the Dice actually back on PSG before we move on. Should PSG try to rebuild and cash in now if Mbappe and Neymar are contemplating leaving? Should they back Poch fully and see where it goes? I don't think you sell two of those in one summer. It's very dangerous. I don't think you sell two of those in one summer. 
And obviously, Mbappe has the higher value. It's a tricky one. Very tricky. I think the, the problem is you sell Mbappe, you plummet very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Mbappe in particular, because he basically is, he'll get you goals out of nothing. Well, they both will, but Mbappe weirdly in particular, I think you sell him, you sell that turbocharged front line, I think you really struggle. Mm. I think it's a big risk. I don't know. I wouldn't, no, to be honest, I wouldn't do that. I don't see the logic in selling either of those this summer. Just go after, go after Eric Dyer, Harry Winks and Deli Ali. Bring him in. <laughs> Bring him in. I think strengthen your back line this year. I would have one more year with these two players. They need to send the back, man. They need, they need to sort out the back four. I think if they, if, if they focus on the back four. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of okay because Verratti's playing quite well this season. Yep. Um, he was, he did some unbelievable stuff on, on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Verratti. My God. And they were great against Bar- uh, Bayern, remember? This is- yeah. There's not, there's not much extra to add. There's not much. Yeah, the, the defence is the key. Let's wrap the Champions League stuff with this one from, from Cast Bosma. Who's been the best player of the Champions League campaign so far? I was going to say Marquinhos because it's always Marquinhos. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually entirely he has joking. Been, he was great. Marquinhos was amazing. Who else? I think De Bruyne has been amazing. Yeah, he has. Um, Gundogan. Yeah, Gundogan's been great. Makes a Mount. Mount's been incredible in the late stages. Incredible. Well, just throughout, really, actually. I'm going to give it to Olivier Giroud, but just, just because why not? Just yes, for, indeed. Just for the severe game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I think that's a... I think, I think Neymar has been great. He wasn't great over these two legs, but he, I mean, he has been great beforehand. Maybe he gets like a top 10 finish. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the final four, I mean, Real Madrid are weird, though, because like Real Madrid, I think Real Madrid kind of catfished their way to the semi-final. Of course they did. Yeah, you know there was. You know, you know there was. Benzema's in for a shout in terms of strikers, but... Can, can I call you this? What I call the half yard of respect. If you yeah, are yeah, a Champions yeah, yeah. League player of an elite level, you get a half yard of respect. See, like, Modric got it. Mm. When people aren't quite pressing because they know that he'll turn because they've done it sometimes before. Modric gets it, Kroos gets it. It's a half yard of respect. Pirlo got it. Pirlo basically got it until 2012, people started swarming him. Mm. When Spain got disrespectful, they were like, no, okay, none of this anymore. We're going to put six men in midfield and you'll have to get you out of that press. And you couldn't, because <laughs> no one can. But yeah, the half yard of, res- of respect. Um, and that is what allowed them to catfish it. And to be honest, they did that in a couple of, well, there was one Champions League they win where they had a really quite easy draw to the final, actually. Was it 17? They played they had, There was one of the Champions League campaigns where they didn't have the most difficult path to the final and Real have been a little bit I don't want to sound harsh there yeah 17 was was Juve 18 was Liverpool 19 Liverpool won it yeah they had they had one of the runs to the final Madrid had they they had a knuckle with a draw and the sad thing is actually some great teams went out instead of Real some teams that I think could have illuminated the late stages certainly Gladbach Um, I mean Gladbach went out of the the next stage uh, but this year yeah yeah, I mean, Gladbach's form after Christmas, though, I don't think they were going to cause anyone any problems in the, in the knockout yeah, stages. They, to run Gladbach, Gladbach did a Gladbach, didn't they? Um, yeah, so I, th- I think they did catfish themselves away a bit, but what I love about Chelsea, I think psychologically this is hugely important. Oh, yeah. First Regardless, they won it in 2012. But also it's Real Madrid. To be able to say that you did that to Real. And the first time they've met in European competition, I believe. Didn't they meet in the 70s? Uh, oh my God. I don't think so. I think it was the first time that they've ever played each other in the European. That's in the, in, amazing. I think. I think they played in the Super Cup in 98. It's the first time in a competitive match at Stamford Bridge. The only previous occasion was in 1966 in an international charity match at Stamford Bridge. That's incredible. Yeah. Wild when you think about it, huh? Yeah, considering the histories of those clubs and what they've both done in Europe. And think how special that is. You know, with the Super League, you'd have got sick of the sight of them. Sick of the bloody sight of this Real Madrid lot. Super is just a terrible, terrible idea. My goodness. What a curse. Are they still hanging on to it? I've not heard much from Florentino recently. Of course they're hanging on to it. It's like the, he's like the guy in um, the Holy Grail. Just a flesh wound. Let it go. No, 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 no. I thought, I thought, I thought it meant Indiana Jones in the Holy Grail. Like the um, Indy, let no, it go. Monty Python, like, in, the, Monty yeah, yeah. Python <laughs> in the Holy Grail. It's just like... Even our Grail references are different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a mere flesh wound. I'll bite your legs <laughs> up. It's like, <laughs> Florentino, there's no one left. <laughs> Chelsea Manchester City in the final. Yes. Who you got? 
gosh, you know, it's so close. Don't sit on the fence, Musa. I think City. You know why? Because City have goals in them and Chelsea's attack hasn't clicked yet. I think it's, I think it's literally, I feel like it's like a, two months too soon for them to open up on them. I feel like it's two months too soon for, I think I, I have City in this one. I mean, I don't know when you're going to learn because... Because you're not going to commit yourself. I'm yeah, no, but myself, here's man. the thing. Yeah, but you know what, Ryan? This is what people listen for. They're like, we know what Ryan's going to do. We know that Moose is going to go for it because he can't resist it. Listen, I've not been vaccinated yet. I need to play it safe. <laughs> listen, come get me. You know where I am. East Berlin. You want it. Who wants it? Can you imagine if I get vaccinated? I'm just like, Arsenal going to win everything. This guy's <laughs> a fraud. <laughs> if I had to give an answer, I'm leaning ever so slightly. Oh. My head, you know, the weird thing is my head says City, but my heart says Chelsea. I think there's less pressure on Chelsea. There is way less pressure on Chelsea. They're not expected to be here. They're not expected to be here. I mean, they should be with their squad and the quality of the tools they have. This is where they should be. But there's much less pressure on them and they can go out and have fun. I mean, Pep's record in finals is what, like 13 out of 14 that he's won? I think it's 13 out of 14, if I'm wrong. It's, it's either 13 out of 14 or 14 out of 15, I think. I think he's only lost one final. What was it, a Super Cup? What did he lose? Copa del Rey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. We literally did it last week, dude. That's true. <laughs> this week. You know. We did it on Monday. <laughs> yeah, but Ryan, I like, to, I like to look forward, Ryan. I like to live in the future. Like what you should have said was, dude, I got vaccinated on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I got vaccinated on Tuesday. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> Am I going to have to write your next book? Is that what's going yes. on? Yes. Where's it due? Next week. <laughs> oh, I honestly, I know it's boring. One minute I'm thinking, yeah, probably City. And then the next minute I'm thinking probably Chelsea. I just, I think it's going to be an amazing final though. This is going to be a little bit more of a, of a slog, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if the football wasn't great in the final. Right. There'll be no spaces. In comparison to, obviously, oh, we need to mention this actually. It's the first, Chelsea are the first club to have men and women's Champions League finals in the same season. Yeah, that's incredible. Which is amazing. I think the Chelsea PSG final, uh, sorry, the Chelsea Barca final will Oh my be, God, that is going to be... I think there'll be a lot more goals in that game. Right, I agree. Especially with the formations that Barca and Chelsea play. Yeah. The forward lines are unbelievable. Those could be two really, really compelling finals for very different reasons, I think. Oh, they're going to be amazing. Bit of a reductive take, but the women's is going to be defined by the attack and the men's will be defined by the defence. Mm. Simply because of what, simply because of how Pep and Tuchel have had to reconstruct their teams. Simply the pieces they're working with, right? So. Do you know what's going to happen? What's that? Olivier Giroud, 91st minute winner after coming off on the, off the bench on 85 minutes. You can see it, can't you? And then he goes in the summer. Of course. Goes back to Montpellier. Incredible. You know where Olivier Giroud should go, actually? Where's that? Should go to Milan. The sexiest move ever. You can't do that. Giroud Inter. Giroud Inter. Nah, they've got Lukaku. You don't need him. Yeah, but just for vibes. Come on, Giroud for vibes at Inter. If you're going to go for vibes, then stick in them at Samp. Oh my God, have you, have you been to Genoa? I haven't. Really. That, oh my God, that town. Oh my God. Right, you, you only go to certain countries and certain cities. And you're like, oh, like, why do footballers not leave here? Yeah, then you yeah. go there, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I see this. I see what That's this is. We talked yeah. about it, like San Sebastian. Yeah. Like, and people, there's a reason people stay at Real Sociedad. Because San Sebastian is unbelievable. You don't leave. Yeah, you don't leave. You don't hear, oh, we don't like hear Bill from Bauer. so-and-so. Same thing at Bilbao. Yeah. Like, oh, we do. amazing town. Oh, we, like we, don't hear, we don't hear from Ryan. Yeah. Like, I would literally change my name to Rice Cajundieta if I moved to... Uh, <laughs> you, moved would, to you would, you would. I would. <laughs> yeah, Rice That's my name. I'll become Okonyaki Williams. You won't see me again. Okonyaki Williams. <laughs> Okonyaki Williams. <laughs> you won't see me again. <laughs> You will not see me again. Musa Hernandez. Sorry. <laughs> Where were we? I think we're done, right? Probably about to bounce. Yeah, we're good. We're we're gonna bounce. We're Should we have a mention quickly for Jose Mourinho taking over at Roma? No, because he's getting attention everywhere else. Weird. I don't... I, I, we, well, a couple of, we had a couple of quick, quick ones on this. Conley Joe, how good do you think Jose Mourinho's PowerPoint presentations are during job interviews? Incredible question. Van Burke said, how will Mourinho do at Galatasaray in 2025? <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing about Mourinho to Roma, it's a sad, of how far, a sad indication of how far his star has fallen. The first question on Twitter was, who is the player who he will bully first? 
I mean, Mkhitaryan's there, but I think Mkhitaryan, Pedro, and Jekko are looking at each other, being like, "Fuck." So, a friend Joao Joao Zamith sent me a um a goal by Nuno Capucho for Mourinho's Porto, and you see Mourinho at Porto on the sidelines, and like the stadium is like enthralled to him, and he's like, "I wonder if he watches old videos of himself." Of course, he does, and thinks that's when I got the balance right. I had the balance right of the personality and the tactics and all the rest of it and the balance is wrong now because it is wrong. And Do you know what he is? You know, I, He's Tommy yeah. Carcetti. When Tommy Carcetti's running for mayor and he comes home and he walks in and he puts the TV straight on to watch his own speech. Yeah, it's true. That's what, what Mourinho is. I always felt he should have taken a break, a sabbatical, just to work out exactly what and where he was going and what he was doing and where he was going. Yeah, it seems a bit quick, this. Yeah, yeah. Feels like a rebound. What's going to happen with the um, the Sun and the Talk Sport gigs, though? He's only just oh, he's only just announced those. Just do them and bounce. Yeah, is he? Is like Bielsa at Lazio? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like Mourinho at Roma. It's a tough job as well. I don't think it's the catalyst that Roma needed. I mean, James Horncastle wrote a tweet where it was basically like you know stop into, and it's very much it has that very much that energy of the kind of you know when he went to Real Madrid. You know, they had those couple of years. Was it two second year finishes under two two in three years, I think, under Garcia? And then they had the second place finish under Spalletti before he went to Inter. And they never really got there under Di Francesco. No. They showed signs, but they never really got there. And, and they've got good pieces. They've got good fluidity. They've got something there. But I don't think, I think that that team needs to play with more freedom, not less. You look at the league and Juventus the third, and Roma aren't one of the two teams above them, that's quite worrying for Roma. Especially with the emergence of Lazio over the last couple of years as well, like Lazio beating them to Champions League spots. Definitely, yeah. I'm not sure this is, I'm not sure this was the move, but it might be. Maybe Mourinho is best suited to a job where there's like a clear vengeance. And also he can impose himself on Roma. The, the one thing I would say about Roma is he can, well, he loves a reconstruction job, doesn't he? So he could really, I mean, it's going to get ugly. That rivalry is going to get really, really ugly, but that's what he does. I don't know. It depends if they give him money. We'll see, you know, we'll see. Never ends. Football needs to chill out. It does. On that note, let's play out on Zen Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great segue. That's I don't a lovely segue. Segways. There we go. Yeah. Hope everyone is staying safe and well. I don't think we mentioned that at the top of the show. Apologies, but we do, we do mean it. Even if we don't yep. say it, we're thinking it. We, it's in our hearts, exactly. Just like there's too much love for Angola Kante in some people's hearts. It's never too much. Never too much, never too never much. Never too never much, too never much. too much. Oh, it's the music police. Come to arrest us both. <laughs> Stop singing, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah, stay well, everyone. Stay safe. Get vaccinated if you can. And uh, walk around with, like, Okwonga with BVE. Exactly, big, big vaccine energy. energy. Listen, listen. <laughs> good. As I said before, good. Let the vaccine flow through you. <laughs> uh, don't forget you can check Stadio Outro's players on Spotify check theringer.com forward slash soccer you can go to at Stadio on Twitter at Stadio Football on Instagram and as Musa mentioned a band after my heart called the Zen Men I'm not in this band by the way in spirit you are uh, playing out a tune brand new out on Music From Memory called Flags of the World which I like that's a lovely title lovely Flags yeah yeah world. anything you want to add Musa before we bounce no I'm good lovely pretty good well that's great uh have a lovely weekend, everyone. We'll be back on Monday. See you then. <laughs>